Welcome to the Startup Business Q&A podcast with Richard Moore. All right, here we are, and uh, welcome to the Startup Business Q&A episode of 156. Uh, live from a, a bit of a noisy, slightly blustery centre of London. Hope you can see me okay. Got cameras all over the place to try and run YouTube and Facebook. Wi-Fi doesn't work, so it's hotspots today. And uh, <laughs> we'll see how we go. But thank you so much, everyone, for watching. Uh, and this is uh, quite a thrill for me because to have done uh, three years consecutive shows like this really means a lot to me. And uh, without question, this is only happening because you guys show up every week to let us to let us do this. So thank you very much. I'm just going to share with a few people to make sure we're uh, checking this out. Let's shout out every platform. So uh, IGTV, thank you very much, everyone watching over there. Thank you, everyone who listens on the podcast. We're now all over all of the different platforms, pretty much most of them. And um, this week, uh, I thought I'd do an AMA. I've got a bunch of really good questions from some really marvelous people. I'm really pleased that um, this is something of a family really now. These are people who kind of show up every single week. Uh, I, I love that these people choose me to ask questions. Uh, it's met without ego. Uh, they ask me things because they, I believe, feel that I can give them a useful answer. And it's this kind of thing that really matters to me. So uh, I really appreciate all of this. Can anyone who's live right now, uh, Venu, hi, hi Nancy, can you let me know if you can hear okay? Uh, let me know if you've got a good uh, sound uh, coming through because I'm mic'd up a little bit, but uh, hopefully that should work fine. So um, give me a thumbs up if you can hear okay. Thanks everyone for their questions as well. And you can see behind me the Gherkin. I'm actually at WeWork, Kel Surprise. And this is an interesting week because we've got the uh, anniversary of Entrepreneur Business live on Wednesday. So that's going to be uh, live right here in Bishopsgate. And I think every day now there's a few more tickets being sold. So we should be a nice, healthy audience. That's going to be with uh, Russ Avery, but also Goldie Chan's going to stream over from the States talking about finding your niche. So thanks everyone in advance for tuning in for that. If you're in the Entrepreneur Business Group on Facebook, you'll be able to watch the live stream completely free and exclusively. Hopefully, sound is still good, even with the breeze and a bit of wobbling of the, of the old uh, cameras. I'll just wait for a few more people to come in. So shout out, thanks so much to Pervy, to Jedi, to Carolina, uh, also uh, Venu Morgan, thanks so much everyone for joining in here. So there'll be a bit of noise here and there. There's construction, there's people, there's people getting on with their day, but that's kind of the part of it. And I think what I really like about this show is that I'm, one of the things that I think is my, uh, one of my signatures is I'm focused more on getting on with it and focused on the, the substance and the value uh, over and above the uh, you know, excessive production. Um, and I just don't care that much that the angle's a bit wonky, that there's a bit of background noise and focusing on those kind of things is a bit of a, bit of a waste of time when the, the whole point is to actually provide uh, uh, healthy value behind answering your questions. So thanks again, everyone who's watching. Let's get into these questions you've sent over. So first one uh, is from Carolina Mankowski, I think. Give me a thumbs up a bit or a heart if it's true, Caroline. I think you were watching on the first, if not one of the first uh, Q&As all the way back three years ago. Uh, and you've actually asked, what, could you give me some advice on the course creation? Um, I've actually built three courses myself. Um, so basics of sales, basics of LinkedIn, uh, and also one um, on, on uh, kind of monetizing your own knowledge. Uh, and there's a few things I'd say without question is that you need to think about the fact that people buying your courses are going to be buying the fact they are into you. There's a million and one courses about whatever it is you're about to do. So if your course is on 
like mine sales or like LinkedIn or in your case it might be basics of massage for instance there'll be loads of people who've already done courses the reason people will buy your one is because that particular course uh, is one that's produced by you so they bought you first there's a really good saying to encapsulate this which is people buy people so the way to look at this is they don't know they don't know what the content of the course is they only know what you're like and so they're buying you what that also does is it means that they just don't care if it's like you know ums and ahs or if the production's not perfect unless you're doing a course on production of video then it's kind of expected right or a course on how to make beautiful courses or if you're doing one on Udemy which are my LinkedIn courses over there naturally you'd expect uh, they, they have a very high standard in terms of it being HD and high quality audio and things like that so that's important another thing as well is think about the fact that it should be bite size if you do a basics of link uh, basics of course like I did of course then you can go on and do your advanced level version and it's stunning how short a course can be. People don't want to be there forever. I made this mistake, and I'm really glad that I did this. My eight-step startup course, my first ever course about four or five years ago, was a mistake in the way I produced it. It was 73 lessons, uh, and I made these huge videos, and it was a, it is a biblically large thing. But the reality is, no one needs it that big. It could have been lots of little courses instead, and I wanted to provide huge value against the price point. We can provide a huge value in very short amount of videos. So my video uh, courses are, are like a couple of hours, that's it. And, and like I say, because people don't care that much about if you drop a pen or something like that, because I do that plenty, I shot them all in one take. And you might want to be a bit more produ production focused than that, but I knew that people were buying the fact they dig Richard more and they recognize I've got results that are demonstrable on say LinkedIn or that I know what I'm talking about in terms of sales. So they bought the fact they got access to me in an in more of an intense way um, and that was sufficient. I remember there's a point, I think it's in the LinkedIn course where I dropped the pen, what I'm writing on the whiteboard with. And again, no one cares. So it's just a really important way of looking at it. It's just, um, that's the view I have. Don't overdo it because you'll never get the thing shipped. So get it made. You can always redo it again in the future if you want. The main thing is people are aware you actually have one. So um, that, that's, that's crucial. Uh, let me know if you can hear me okay now. I have a bit of a sore throat. I've been coughing all day long. So hopefully I'm going to make it through the hour. I should be fine, I suppose. I do want to shout out everyone who's joining in. Uh, Vasil, nice to see you on here on Facebook. Filippo, uh, it's an absolute honor. The uh, founder of Digital Design Days. Really, really appreciate you coming on here for a moment too. Uh, and uh, thank you everyone who's been supporting this throughout the years. Um, I actually did the, the maths the other day and uh, the average number of questions on an entrepreneur, oh, sorry, on a startup business Q&A event, uh, at one of these uh, live shows is about eight. So if we do 156 episodes, that's over 1200 questions that you lot have asked. And I genuinely appreciate that. That's the only reason I keep doing this. Otherwise I'd be talking to thin air. It really makes a difference you guys show up for it. And I was saying to someone earlier today, it's one hell of a week, and I'm going to be doing this every year, of course, because it's the anniversary of Startup Business Q&A, but it's also the anniversary now, first year birthday this week, of Entrepreneur Business Live, my live events. So uh, it's a lot to do in one week, uh, and for fun, the, the children are breaking up from school, so I've got to deal with that all as well. Um, but it's, it'll be great. On Wednesday, we've got Entrepreneur Business Live London, the homecoming, uh, and I really hope you can join us in the group, Entrepreneur Business Group in Facebook uh, to see that as well. Caroline, I hope that helps with your course creation. Anyone else made courses? What are your pointers or your tips? What do you think? What's worked for you? Uh, pop them in there as well. Uh, Ginny Lemarie, who uh, is a wonderful person over in the UK, thank you for your question. What keeps you motivated? She asks. 
and I think you need to understand what really motivates you. Um, you shouldn't need motivating in the sense that you shouldn't have to go out and, and seek external motivation such as a YouTube video or something to kind of get you pumped as much as being able to draw with it from within you the thing that's you know been the reason why you're doing this in the first place. The reason, the reason why I'm keen to work on the stuff I do is because I have a strong sense of responsibility towards my family. I am the sole breadwinner um, and there are three mouths to feed other than my own plus mortgages and cars and things like that need to be paid for. So without question, that's a big deal to make sure I have uh, that, that kind of that box ticked. So that's more of a necessity motivator. And that's the one I, I, I draw from whenever it's like, do you know what? I have hard stuff to do, but if I don't, then this is a problem. So I, I always kind of draw from that. But the other thing as well is it, the reality is it sounds a bit maybe a bit corny or cheesy for some but it is the fact that I have this big opportunity I'm very able-bodied I have all of this stuff in front of me um, I have all of the tech I could need I have the access to wonderful people like you I could need I also feel I'm really good at certain things and so if I'm good at that I should be leveraging it and making the most of it and that's why I'm doing the the live streams that's why I do the events that's why I talk about and help companies with sales because I'm really good at it and I think it's almost wrong or not necessarily immoral but it's almost wrong to not make use of something you're really good at because especially can help other people as well so that that really matters to me thank you for the shout outs just there uh, Ajani a real pleasure man you've been with me a long time so thanks so much for watching James Perry as well great to see you here on uh, Facebook thank you very much for watching uh, uh, so I hope that helps Jenny uh, they, they are my things without question it's I just didn't don't feel it would be right if I didn't make use of this opportunity it really makes a difference and you know the other motivation is the fact that so many people actually bothered to show up and, and put a lot of effort into watching these things and asking questions and so on uh, Let's ask, uh, answer another one here from Daniel Nunes, who's another example of somebody who's been here all along. Uh, he's asked, how do you util utilize social media to recruit and collaborate? The thing I've found, and this has been through the kind of the online journey, if you like, for the past, <coughs> excuse me, the past, say, four or five years since 2015, is that the, the best recruiting and the best collaboration that I've done has come from those in an audience that care about what I do. So the best recruitment is the best place to start. Those that I've recruited from, so those that I've uh, offered jobs to or who work in my ecosystem, provide a service or something like that, they've always been people who get what I'm trying to do. They get, they're bought into the story, they get the whole point of it, and they are, um, you know, they're sold on what I'm trying to do. They maybe even bought the products. That's not necessarily a prerequisite, but they, they just, they kind of, they get it. And I think that matters because you end up then with people who don't need to be sold on doing the work, for example. And if I think about all the people who help me out, they love, for example, Entrepreneur Business Live. I had uh, Anna who helps with operations in London. She, uh, she'll be there on Wednesday. She sent me a message the other day. It's like, can't wait to help out and like I don't ask her to do this she just wants to help out and that that matters um, so the best recruits are always people who bought into your story there's talent and experience but you can of course train that that's the thing to remember that's a skill and someone who genuinely or innately wants to work with you is totally priceless that's really what really matters that same goes for the audience and it's you guys so look, I mean some of the messages here safer can uh, Kaya, uh, 
Ajani, you're absolutely right. Started from the bottom now, we're here. You guys are the ones who show up every week. You don't have to. No one asks you to, but you're doing it because there is something in here that maybe community-based or whatever that makes you want to show up, and I really appreciate that. And, and that's the people you want to work with, Daniel. So it's either that, and, and same for collaboration. I suppose what this all it comes down to, if you summarize this, it's like, I, I kind of, I, I don't feel you need to put all of your energy into convincing people to like you or to want to work with you or to want to collaborate with you. You need to instead reverse engineer so that they would want to anyway. Entrepreneur Business Live, whenever I ask someone to speak, and remember all of the speakers are free speakers, even up to the big, big shots. So people like Goldie Chan, people like um, soon to be Shay Rowbottom, people like uh, Claude Silver from VaynerMedia, they all speak for free because, and, and so many of them say things like, it would be an honor to help out, because they know we're doing this in part for charity. They knew we, we know we're doing this to help a community as well. And it's much more a case of saying, do you know what? I want to be part of the movement. And, and that's what it's about. Rather than trying to convince people to speak at an event and it having no kind of flavor or depth or, or um, substance to it, it's a focus on saying, why don't you create something people would want to work around anyway? So hopefully that makes sense. That's a really important question. Uh, and that's where I would always go. If people are naturally drawn to you and what you're doing, that's where you recruit from and that's where you collaborate with. If I had to convince someone who didn't really get it, then I'm not doing my job well enough. I need to be focusing more on making this a, com a compelling thing for people to show up to. None of you were told to come and watch this, but you all decided to do it anyway. That's the way to look. Uh, so thank you very much. There's some, some great messages flying around in this uh, anyway. So uh, there's another question you asked, Daniel, which is um, what about contingencies for social media shutdown? This is so relevant right now because there's been glitches and shutdowns on, on both uh, Instagram and on, on Facebook as well. So um, you said it doesn't have to be platform specific. Right now, if Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, if they all shut down, then you've got email, and that's the great thing. You've got email list, and that's where you should be building it. But also what you've got is you've got DMs, and that's why I'm so tight on DMs, because my, my platform there isn't content, it's being, being tight with someone, having personalities. So um, I have a list of people I would, every day I make sure I show up for them and I send them a DM or I, I, a voice message and stay tight with them. And what that does is mirrors something that predates the platforms that we use on social. Before all the social platforms, we were just tight with people. We hung out, we gave them a phone call, things like that. Way back, you'd write them a letter. Whereas nowadays, what we do, uh, we, just, we kind of broadcast in the comments and that on social. Imagine if you lost social media, so it's voice messages on Telegram or on WhatsApp, um, and it's emails as well. And I'd be quite capable of continuing as I was uh, without that. It would be hard because the content wouldn't be there to provide gravity to have people showing up around me. But without question, I'd still be able to reach people. So DMs is what I would use there, Daniel. Um, that's a question to all of you watching as well, though. Have you thought about this? Because you better, especially those of you who've gone all in on one platform, which in my opinion is dangerous. You know, a great example is right now some people going all in on, in, on LinkedIn because it's the best platform for distributing your content to people who might buy your product. But what about if that changes? Or how about if it slows down in the future or gets harder to distribute your content, what are you going to do next? So make sure you've got something planned there. Um, so the question to you is, all of you, uh, what would you do if you lost the social platforms? If they all shut down for whatever hypothetical reason, how would you 
How do you manage your business uh, without that? How do you get in front of your audience? This is a great question. For me, it's email and staying tight with DMs and phone calls. That would be the way to work. Uh, next question is from Roger Wilkerson, a man who runs the Bobby the Bear uh, movie franchise. Uh, I don't know if he's uh, back over in Thailand now, but I hope you're well. Um, how about uh, milestones from the first three years and targets for the next? I think, I think the milestones is an interesting question. To start with, it was a case that I, I launched the, on, the uh, Startup Business Q&A live show 156 weeks ago because I knew I needed to do live repeatedly. I also knew that I was a big um, uh, preacher behind the importance of consistency. The fact that you can't beat consistency really, it really goes a long way. And that consistency um, was what I wanted to do to start with. I wanted just to kind of get a bank of them behind me. What happened after that, Roger, is I started moving to a place where I understood the real value for me personally wasn't just kind of reinforcing my messages to other people, but it was also to myself. So what was happening, I was, I was what's called um, honing my philosophy. And so I knew all the answers to the questions that I was being asked. I knew what my answer kind of was. But when you say the answer to the same questions over and over again, what happens is you end up really honing your philosophy on that answer. So when someone asks you a question and for the fourth time you, you, you know, you're answering it or the 27th time you're answering it, you do move to a place where you kind of, you get really good at answering that stuff. And I think that's what I really like about it. And um, that's why I'm relishing. I had a phone call this morning with uh, Warwick Congress that represents the University of Warwick and all their Kickstarters, their uh, entrepreneur group, their um, incubator as well, and all of their startups. I'm going to be doing, I'm going to have an entire evening, just Richard Moore. Uh, I think it'll probably be in October over at Warwick University where I did my uh, master's degree. And I'll be speaking to several hundred people and I'm going to be doing a Q&A asking me questions about what I do. And I am looking forward to it because I know I'll be answering a lot of things that I've already answered before. So I know my answers are on point because I've practiced them on these live shows. So that really goes a long way. But I think that the other thing was I needed to understand the format. I needed to understand what ticks with you guys because there's a lot of people here who wouldn't necessarily listen to 15 hours of me going on and on and on. But an hour or 45 minutes to an hour seems to be like a real sweet spot. We've, we've established that a little bit longer form version of answers rather than um, singular questions makes sense. I really feel that it resonates with people to have me speaking for that hour um, and to keep it nice and simple. You ask and I answer and to keep it as simple as that. And I think if we look for the three years ahead, I don't know if we're going to think that far necessarily because I'm getting old as I pass through the 40 year old mark. Um, but I think without question, we've moved to a place where this is not just a great way of broadcasting my ideas on things, this certainly is a really, this is the best uh, repurposing tool for me. This is my pillar content. This week always starts, or every week always starts with the uh, live streams on here, Facebook and YouTube. Um, we can't do Instagram today because of bandwidth issues, um, but that would repurpose into a video for LinkedIn, a video for Instagram. It would repurpose into IGTV, uh, replay for later. It will repurpose into a podcast and so on and so forth. And, and all of that repurposing comes from this moment. So this one hour achieves a huge amount. That really matters to me a lot. Um, the other thing as well, I mean, it's about continuing to produce gravity. And this is the thing about content like this is if you can really help people, they do tend to want to share it, talk about it and so on a bit more. So as long as I can be useful with answering questions and I, I don't necessarily think I 
I'm always the greatest at anything, but I do feel I know my sweet spot. And I think if, um, if I can help people enough, and that little by little, by, you know, more and more often, it will mean that people get that I, I'm half decent at one particular thing. And hey, there's nothing wrong with a lot of episodes, right? When I hit 200, which will be in best part of a year from now, that's going to be a really exciting thing. And big numbers like that, to show you've been consistent for 200 weeks, for example, is a really big deal because people recognize you're not a flash in the pan and that's the kind of thing that matters. Um, thumbs up if that makes sense. Let me know what you think about that. And by the way, let me know if you're hashtag Team Replay or hashtag Team Live. I want to go and thank all of you later on today. Uh, if you're just tuning in, this is episode 156. That's 156 weeks of Startup Business Q&A, which means we've been doing this now for three consecutive years. So thank you very much every single Monday, with the exception of three or four, I think it's been where I've had to uh, do a pre-recorded one. I remember it was uh, would have been like October or September last year. I was having major surgery, and it happened to be on a Monday. <laughs> so, uh, but I also remember going on holiday, and we pushed that back a day. So, typically, we've always shown up uh, in one form or another. It's been almost you know, like 99.9 something percent of these shows have been uh, the live streams. Thank you so much, everyone, for watching. Um, so if that helps, Roger. Great question. Kaya, who I know was watching a little bit earlier, um, let me see uh, what your question is. Richard, I'd love to hear something on what has changed through those three years of weekly Q&As for you, such as life, business, attitude, whatever comes to your mind. A bit like the point I just made on the, the kind of honing my philosophy, I think without question that I've, uh, I, I've kind of, the clarity has been confirmed in a lot of the things I've been saying. So like the clarity in um, what I feel the right answer is to certain questions has evolved and will continue to do so as my worldview about things changes. But without question, the clarity is much tighter um, than it was at the start. And like I said earlier, you know, you, you, you kind of know what the answers are to questions, but you don't really know how you articulate them until you do so several times. So. Um, it's really good to, to kind of confirm that. I think, I think the other thing is that something that's changed is this has become, as I said a, a moment ago for, for um, Roger's question, this has been the heavy way to uh, repurpose my you know, content. So it's, it's just a phenomenal way to create a huge amount of content for different platforms to serve people in different ways. That really, really helps a lot. Um, uh, Pervy, thank you for your comment. Thank you for being so consistent, Richard, and showing us how it's done. Um, and yes, Carolina, three years has flown by. It really has. And, and the thing is interesting, people seem to think it's quite impressive. All it is, the only impressive part is just doing it every week, is saying, this is now mandatory, this is how it goes. I'm not stubbornly doing it regardless. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it will always be the best thing ever or in, you know, as long as I keep at it. I've done it because people are bothered to show up. Um, and that's you guys, um, but it has absolutely flown by. That's that's um, that's quite a, a, quite a truth there. But I do think that the consistency. It's a shame if it's something special. It shouldn't be. It's just a case of flicking on the camera, turning on the webcam, or whatever you have to do. Uh, you know, at the same time, 1 p.m. UK time every single month is it is really quite simple, and it's important just to keep it basic uh, because that's how you can over time build something. There's something of a brand behind here, and. You know, the same happened. I've worked my face off the last 12 months with Entrepreneur Business Live, and now at a place where 
by the back end of the summer will be 20 events and we've raised thousands of dollars for charity and I say we because this is not me this is you lot uh, three of the events soon to be four have been run without me physically there. there's other people doing it as well and we've been literally all over the world we're, we're yet to do some in Asia yet but that's in the pipeline and we've done so many but again this is just <coughs> testament to what happens when you're really consistent <coughs> so we're consistent because people show up and show an appetite for things and that's the way to do it and it's all around this theme of trying to build content and help people with value but based around this hub of a uh, strong community which you guys represent um, let's do a couple more um, so before we finish up Patrick Ward my good friend from LA who had a wonderful LinkedIn local last week and is going to be hosting the first entrepreneur business live LA uh, so thumbs up if you think an LA entrepreneur business live is a good idea I'm gonna have a drink because I'm hurting <laughs> my um, throat has been coughing away all day but I'm not doing too bad um, yeah so Patrick Ward has asked <coughs> which is his favorite question at the moment and, and any of you following my content will know this is an issue for me at the moment he's asked on a scale of 1 to 10 how mad does not having LinkedIn live make you <laughs> how, uh, part of me the the uh, instinct or the emotional part of me is fully off the charts, Patrick, in irritation at not having LinkedIn Live. So just if you don't know, in the last few, well, what, six, seven, eight months, LinkedIn has been beta testing live streaming. So you can do a live show on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a platform for more of a business level discussions. So imagine that live streams for business related content 156 weeks of it one might hope that positions me as someone who is positions me as someone who is at least on the fringes of meeting criteria but no I don't have it but that's the emotional part however the that I'm philosophical about this because the reality is just like LinkedIn top voice they, the people who choose these the, the people who, who get this can only see so many people if you're in charge of selecting the beta group of 500 to a thousand people you only have 500 to a thousand people to select from a pool of 600 million so the reality is I'm not um, Oleg or Bridget, these are the top, or, or Richard Branson, or, or Jeff Weiner himself. I don't have it, that kind of level of clout, which is why I've not found me. So I get it. It's the same as LinkedIn Top Voice, which is, you know, who's who is someone really worth following in terms of LinkedIn? Well, they're people who should be, you know, who are giving great value and so on. And you could always argue that maybe I, I'm better positioned, but it's about if you're on someone's radar or not. Last year. I was featured in YouTube's official UK book of YouTube, which is a hundred, only a hundred independent creators to watch on YouTube. So that's purely, this sounds like I'm like kind of taking away from an achievement. I'm really proud of it, but equally to a degree, that's like winning a medal at a race because you're the only one who showed up. And those that selected me on YouTube, I'd like to hope saw a good value in what I was doing, but at the same time there's only a certain pool of people they would have seen there are a lot of people on YouTube YouTube they wouldn't have screened everyone and they I'm pleased they didn't do it in terms of views and things they would, would have they would have selected me because there was the guy who was doing the selection or the body of people doing the selection 
came across my content and thought, this guy we love. And they would, for everyone like me, there's another 50 or 50,000 people who are better that just didn't get on their radar, it's as simple as that. So I am philosophical about it. When I get LinkedIn Live, here's the question for you. I mean, with, I'm not gonna ask if I should do this live, because I will. I will be doing uh, Startup Business Q&A live from LinkedIn. And I was fingers crossed I'd have it for this week, because it would be amazing to, to stream here uh, on LinkedIn as well. But here's the question for you. The, at the moment, the Entrepreneur Business Live events we run, uh, the live events, we stream them to the Entrepreneur Business Group uh, exclusively there. Do you think I should stream them to LinkedIn? And if so, how? Because we could stream them just to my profile or we could stream them to a Entrepreneur Business Live group, for example. I'm inclined to just stream them to my profile and make it no longer just exclusive to people in my group. That's 4,000 in that group, but I think why not spread the word a bit more? What do you think? I'd be interested in your opinion on that uh, and why. But yeah, there's my answer, Patrick. Off the charts, if you look at me emotionally, um, because I think it's unfair and unjust, but I understand why. It's because I'm just not on the radar of the right people. Um, and it's clearly nothing personal because I, you could easily construct an argument that I'm more qualified than people who do have it, but uh, we'll have to see. Uh, when I get it, it'll be wonderful, and uh, we'll take it from there. And it's, it's made appear, apparently for some, <laughs> for some fun content because I get a bit salty at times when people ask me that question. And certainly the answer that I usually give to are you annoyed about not having LinkedIn live, Richard, is often a, a little bit longer than it needs to be, let's say, because I start whining, get, whining myself up. So thanks for asking, and I knew you would. Um, let's finish up with uh, Veronica. So Nika uh, Redding has asked, Richard, how do you measure conversion rates and revenue growth from consistent efforts on social media, and in your case, three years of Q&A lives, if this was your goal? Well, actually, I don't for this. I have some parts of my businesses where they are very focused, very strong focus on um, deliverables. Um, my consulting business does that to a degree. My courses are very heavily scrutinized in terms of uh, return on investment. So because there is organic content and I, I, we track how effectively they are uh, selling against that. But also there is the Facebook ads guy who is an, a third party in my ecosystem who's given a budget and his job is to generate a strong return on investment against the money the ads spend on, on Facebook ads and Instagram uh, against those courses. So that's where we go and deep dive into the, con um, into the um, uh, data analysis on it. But at the same time, this particular show, for example, <coughs> excuse me, this particular show, it's not about that because this is more about um, brand building, broadcasting uh, my, my, my philosophy and building gravity for, uh, co by content for more and more people to, to show up around me. And of course it's useful for that re repurposing. So it, this is a means to an end. This will form content which is then converted into posts that generates a huge amount of gravity uh, which in turn provides say testimonials that is then used as repurposed as an advert to then sell courses so we don't go deep on the number of people visiting and using uh, this particular um, live stream for example it's a lot more of a focus on uh, this being used to simply broadcast my 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 um, my message I the, the thing is there's no deadline that I'm working towards with these live shows because it's not like by this date when I finish the live show, the campaign of 10 live shows, I want to have this many new followers. 
this is literally the endless marathon. I'll do this every week as, as long as I can and people are, have an appetite for it. And it forms potentially a fun legacy. It forms potentially a wonderful thing we can look back over. Um, it might be in a year from now we're not doing it because it's just like a crap idea and no one's, no one's here anymore. So it's a case of just kind of seeing where it goes. But I'm, you know, it's not ever about the money on this one. This is about saying like, here's an opportunity to have, firstly have a load of fun. I really enjoy doing this, but also, so hopefully you've seen today so many peripheral reasons um, why I would do this. So hopefully that helps a bit. Great question there. Thank you very much. Let's look at some of the comments here. I think someone asked uh, back here, Pervy, Richard, curious, what are your long-term goals for the group and live events? The long-term goals for my entrepreneur uh, business group on Facebook. I've got to remember all the names of all these different things. So the um, entrepreneur business group on Facebook, long-term goals, goal is for it to be a, a continued hub for like-minded people. I really enjoy being in that group. It's a really good kind of uh, waterhole for people to get together. And I know people can get around your content, but it's a nice place, kind of place for everyone to gravitate. A lot of people have migrated in from uh, Instagram, from LinkedIn, and even from YouTube, and then they've jumped into that group. And every day, without exception, I get people who come in, who answer the three questions to enter the, bit, the uh, group. <coughs> Excuse me. And they write things like, you know, I, I found out about you from, um, uh, from LinkedIn. And so it's really nice that people migrate over that way. The, the whole point of the group, I mean, sure, there is a monetization point, but it's, it's a, a great place for me to test stuff. It's a great place for me to do market research uh, in terms of finding out what people, like a touch point of finding out what people are into uh, as well. So I do that a lot. Uh, kind of always testing and seeing um, what people are responding to. It's my way of taking a pulse of, of an audience because they're kind of in one place. And so that works really well for me. Um, there's a number of other things in the future. Um, I don't think I will go aggressive on monetizing. I just think it's nice having communities because the, the returns come way further down the line. So it's another really good way of warming things up. But we'll see, you know, who knows what other things will be in, in the pipeline. I think speaking commercially, a group such as that is a really good springboard to uh, income uh, elsewhere. So a launch platform to, you know, to let a group of people know that something's happening is a really good place to do it. And to garner more momentum behind, for instance, the live shows as we've done on the, uh, in the group recently, because of course you guys can watch them. So that's an important consideration too. My long-term goal for the live events is for me to move to a place where it's essentially franchised, where people can buy in to run their own event in their own location and they run it in their own location because they've chosen to use that particular format. And the format, including the important, you know, kind of whatever weight or momentum we can put behind the brand, uh, means they get to run their own entrepreneur business live. And the format's simple, it's three speakers against the topic for entrepreneurs, an hour of networking afterwards, and all of it focused on um, the importance of making sure that a uh, charity gets a donation as well. So speakers, networking and a charity donation is not much to ask, but long term, my dream is that I am completely unnecessary for those events to absolutely thrive. And I cannot wait for the day, we're working towards it, but wait for the day where I open up my phone or my laptop my, or my computer 
and see that there is an entrepreneur business live running somewhere in the world <coughs> where I didn't know about it in the positive way. Not that someone's just taken it and run, but that someone's gone through the mechanism. They've worked with the team, they've, ho they've decided to host it, and I'm like, oh look, there's a new one that's gonna be running out there. So I'd like them to be all over. This year, we've done so many, and all over the place, because my job in year one has been evangelizing about it. The biggest problem any startup has, I always say, is, is obscurity, uh, and the fact that no one knows about it. So that's been the big push this year is, and I will continue, of course, but it's been focusing on making sure people know they're actually out there and with no one knows about us yet, it's just a small group of people that's aware that Entrepreneur Business Live is happening, but we're doing it the right way, we're collaborating with the right people, we're getting strong speakers who have a good network, who are sharing as well, and that's taking us in the right direction. But long term, I want the live events to be able to deliver a huge amount of donations to charities. Obviously, part of the money, we, the income we get from sponsors and from tickets goes to running the, the Entrepreneur Business Live business and paying for a lot of the peripheral stuff. But to be able to donate, you know, or let me put it a different way, to be able to leverage attention in, and, 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 and to then not donate to a charity, I think is appalling. So it really makes sense to, to kind of make the most of what we're doing here and get money into charities. And I, I'm not doing that because I think it's good marketing. I'm doing it because I, I, I want to, and I think um, I could easily pocket that money, but it's far more exciting that we could go all over the world, people could be helped out in terms of learning as, as entrepreneurs from other strong people in their space, but more specifically, in doing that, they are, direct, they are indirectly helping other people through the charity partners. That really matters to me. That's longer term than that, you know what, I'm, I'm having fun building the events. My eyes are on the corporate events side of the business. That is completely separate. That will roll out possibly back end of the year. Um, but I'm looking at that point now, this fun bit where I'm, I'm kind of stepping away, unsticking myself from the Entrepreneur Business Lives events. I, I will still run the, the London ones, uh, but you know, I've, I'm starting building a committee. There are a couple of people working with me now in this kind of top table, if you like, of, of advisors to help. Uh, run it and um, and I'm loving the fact that we are we are possibly moving to a place where then I won't be involved as much um, not because I want to have holidays but so I can go and build something else as well whilst this plate's spinning along so let's see how that goes thank you it's a really great question Sonia uh, sorry Pervy even and um, thank you last week Pervy did an amazing job running Entrepreneur Business Live Chicago our first event over there it was absolutely thrilling to see you guys running kind of crazy doing that was the third one because we did Toronto and Melbourne prior to that well, the first one where I was sitting there watching the live stream just you know, letting them go do it. And so that's kind of along the lines of what we're trying to achieve there. So thank you so much. Russ, thank you very much for the uh, wonderful messages. Uh, thank you, uh, Roger, there as well. Uh, just, and hi there, Rose Law. Just amazing having all of these shows. I'm really pleased uh, that we've been doing it. So I'm gonna finish there, my, my voice is dying to, to give way. Um, thank you to Carolina, to Ginny, to Daniel, uh, Roger, Safer, Patrick, and to Nika for your questions. Um, it's just another day, right? It's a it's three years, three years, three times around the sun, but it's just another day and uh, it's just a number, 156. It doesn't mean we shouldn't keep, keep going. So thank you so much. If you are doing anything on Wednesday, please make sure you're tuning in to Entrepreneur Business Live in, oh, exclusively in the Entrepreneur Business Group on Facebook at 6 p.m. 
London time. We'll be there having a big party. So I hope, hope you can join us. Goldie Chan's there uh, live <laughs> streaming. Uh, but also uh, Russ Avery and myself, uh, sponsored by Agora Launcher, is a startup I'm working with and giving money to uh, the Drive Forward Foundation, an amazing charity here in London. Thank you, all of you. I love everything um, uh, that you've been asking me over the years. I think if, you, if, it, if the maths was dead on, then it's 1,248 questions that have been answered uh, in the last, uh, in these 156 sessions. Uh, it's not, it's more or, or less, but that's the average. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, make sure you're following if you're on the YouTube channel. Make sure you are uh, checking out um, uh, the Instagram uh, lives uh, as well because we're doing a lot of those uh, coming forward, going moving forward. But really make sure if you're on Facebook, you tune into the Entrepreneur Business Group, literally just in the search bar, Entrepreneur Business Group, and you can find it. And you can watch it live from 6 p.m. London time. That's 1 p.m. Uh, Eastern. Uh, on Wednesday is the uh, Entrepreneur Business Live one year anniversary from London. Uh, so thank you so much. I'll sign off on, on uh, YouTube. See you later. Uh, thank you so much, everyone uh, watching on Facebook, listening on the podcast, watching the IGTV uh, replay as well. And I'll take see you later. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye.